If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. I have what I consider a glitch of some sort from way back whenever I was a very young boy. This was a long time ago, and I'm not going to get into the actual numbers of how old I was. I will just say that this was a very different time than what we're in now. I was in elementary school, and to put it delicately, I was of a different skin color than most of the people that went to this school. And because of that, I was quite frequently picked on or bullied by some of the kids in my class. For the most part, I could handle it. My parents always gave me the be better than them speech and told me that I couldn't retaliate. But there were these two boys in particular that were absolutely nasty to me. I won't name them here because they don't deserve to have their names even listed in this story, but I'll call them T and M. T and M were the two biggest boys in class. Both of them were overweight big, not like muscles big. Of course, this was elementary school, so it's not like anyone really had much of a build to them. They seemed to latch on to the fact that they could bully me and get away with it for the most part, so that's exactly what they did. And they did it frequently. I was usually pretty good about looking over my shoulder and avoiding them, but... I can't even begin to tell you how often they would find me when I was trying to stay away from them. Anyways, this isn't really about them being bullies. This is about the one time that something strange that I can't explain happened to me, and it's actually what seemed to stop their bullying. In this particular instance, I had gone to the restroom as I normally would, and of course while I was doing what I needed to do, Both T and M walked in together. I'm just standing there in a pretty awful way because I knew that this was not going to end well. I knew what they were likely going to do to me. T walked over to me and said whatever bull that he said, and M went to check the stalls to make sure there was no one else in there. Of course there wasn't. It was just these two and myself, much to my misfortune. T starts to push me and taunt me. M starts laughing at the whole thing, and after getting shoved to the ground and kicked a few times, M makes a comment saying that they should shove my head in one of the toilets and see if I can breathe underwater. At this point, there wasn't really much that I could do to stop them. I was already pretty well beat up, and I was much smaller than they were, so no matter how much I struggled, they were going to do what they were going to do. M grabs me to pick me up, T grabs my arms and they start shoving me into one of the first stalls, when out of nowhere a booming voice shouts from the back stall of the restroom, put him down. We all three look, and the door to that stall is now shut, but I can see what look like church pants and shoes from under the stall wall. The two other boys pause for a moment to think about their actions, and the voice starts in again, saying, If you hurt that boy any more than you have, or ever again, 
I will find the both of you and you will regret the day you were born. At this point, I think they were confused and freaked out. They had absolutely checked the stalls. I watched M shove all the doors open to make sure there was no one there to stop their attack. And I knew that I was alone in the restroom before they walked in. T ended up just shoving me to the ground and the two of the boys nearly ran out of the restroom. Like, something about this actually scared them. After they left, the man in the stall told me that I would be okay, and that from that moment on, they would never touch me again. I started asking how he knew that, but when I blinked, he was gone. The stall door was now unlocked and open, and there were no feet under the door. I literally blinked and he just disappeared. I have no idea what that was. If it was someone from the future or another timeline coming back to help me out of this situation, if it was a guardian angel or what, but it saved me that day. Much to my surprise, M and T never touched me again. They never even came near me. Whoever or whatever that was, it absolutely saved me. Potentially saved my life. And it scared them enough to make them stop attacking me altogether. So, I guess I should say thank you to the Matrix for sending that agent at that moment to protect me. This happened last week. I intended to post about it immediately, but I'm glad I didn't since I had another glitch later the same day. It was around 8am on Thursday, and I was returning home from a walk with my dogs before starting work for the day. As I approached the house, I saw a dime, 10 cents, in the part of the driveway that crosses the sidewalk. It was tails side up, the torch with branches on either side, I hadn't seen it on the way out. I don't usually bother to pick up anything less than a quarter, but it looked weird. Either like it was scratched or maybe had some tiny dewdrops on it, so I bent down and picked it up to see. The dime had four deep scratches running diagonally, most of the way across the reverse tail side, almost like furrows. It was dated 1986 on the front slash head side, I put it in my pocket and went inside and upstairs to my bedroom to get ready for work. I looked at the dime again, wondering why I bothered to pick it up, and I placed it on top of my dresser, where I keep my watch, my rings, and a few other items, but no coins. Deeply furrowed, tails side up. I was working from home that day, so I went about my work from home routine as usual. Shortly after lunch... Around 2pm, I went to my bedroom to take off my watch and ring, which were randomly bothering me. I saw the dime with the front slash head side up, which was weird, because I definitely left it tails side up with the scratches visible. I specifically didn't want it to be tails side down, because I didn't want the ridges of the furrows scratching my dresser. I picked it up, flipped it over and the tail side was a normal dime. No scratches. I checked, and the front side was still 1986. The scratches were literally the only reason I picked this dime up in the first place. I wasn't alone in the house. 
my wife and dogs were there, but I hadn't mentioned the dime and my wife isn't in the habit of touching stuff on my dresser. I wasn't on any substance, I wasn't sick, and it was otherwise a totally normal weekday. The dime just seemed to heal itself sometime between 8.30am and 2pm. I did discuss the dime with my wife, and she confirmed that she wasn't anywhere near my dresser, which is in my closet. And just to add at the end here, see Two Glitches in a Single Day, Part 2, The Teleporting Dog, for the event, seemingly unrelated to the dime, that occurred about an hour later, which will be immediately after this 8 second sound effect that I play in between my stories. This glitch happened last week, about 3pm on Thursday. I was working in my home office, which is near the downstairs door where we let the dogs out into the backyard. The backyard is a well-built, well-maintained six-foot privacy fence all the way around. It has vertical planks, so there's nowhere to get an easy foothold for climbing. Our front yard is also fenced, and the neighbors on either side and behind us also have fenced yards. So, if you were to leap over our six-foot fence in any direction, you would be in another fenced yard. Neither of our medium-sized dogs, six years and ten years, have ever jumped the fence or anything else, nor are there any gaps that even a tiny dog could squeeze under or get through. My wife took the dogs out to the backyard for their usual mid-afternoon break. It was a nice day, so she stayed outside with them. She came in to tell me something real quick, but she kept the back door open the whole time, and was essentially standing in the doorway, looking at me to talk. She couldn't have been looking into the house for more than 30 seconds. That's being generous. I think it was more like 15 seconds and then turned back outside. I hear her calling for our six-year-old dog in a confused manner, and then she yelled out to me, He's not in the yard! I ran out back, and he wasn't there. I opened the gate and ran into the front yard, out the front gate, and into the street, and I saw him two houses up the street, sniffing a tree in a neighbor's front yard, about... 210 feet, or 64 meters, from our backyard. He looked up at me, and happily trotted back when I called, but I have no idea how he crossed two fences and got two houses up in such a short amount of time. Being generous, only a couple of minutes elapsed between my wife coming in to say something and me seeing my dog in my neighbor's yard. When we go for walks, it can take us forever to just go beyond our next-door neighbor's house, because of all the interesting smells in our front yard and the neighbor's yard. My wife and I checked every part of the fence to see if the dogs dug a hole or if a plank was missing, but the fence was secure, as always. So, yeah. It really seems like my dog teleported from our backyard to our neighbor's front yard, over two fences, and 210 feet away. Between that and the scratched dime that fixed itself earlier in the day, I don't know what to make of Thursday 
January 12th. I moved to Norway some years back after marrying my husband who lived here. Back in the day, we didn't have much to our names, save for our actual names, and living with my mother-in-law was a token of that time. Her apartment wasn't large, and was all on one floor. Two bedrooms, and a bathroom, living room, kitchen, and balcony. Being newlyweds, it felt a little cramped at times, and I was relieved when we got our own place not so long after this event occurred. Although we hadn't found more financial footing quite yet, my husband did have a set of wheels. A two-seater, a small white Toyota van that was very reliable and took us on many adventures. It was a day early on in the summer, and the sun was perpetually shining as it does here during those months. So, we decided that we ought to go out for a drive and find something to do. All we needed were the car keys, and this is where things got weird. I couldn't, we couldn't, find them. Anywhere. The search was superficial at first, checking the dining room table, pants pockets from the day before, and underneath places the keys could have been kicked, but quickly turned into looking in dusty boxes between old legal documents, before unpairing the socks and the dresser to see if they had ended up within them. I felt like I was losing my mind. It wasn't like it had been weeks since we took the car out. At the latest, we had been out the day before with the car. The last place that I decided to check was simply by opening the window facing the front of the apartment building in the kitchen adjacent to the dining room table. The window opened from the bottom to the top and could be completely opened by hitting the safety switch on the side of the pane. I figured maybe somehow the keys got dropped into the gravel right down below as my mother-in-law often dropped her tied-up trash bags out there before taking them out to the garbage cans. And since I had just had my head in the freezer, I figured the front yard wasn't so much further of a stretch. And this is where I think the glitch happened. I opened the window the whole way before practically heaving the upper half of my body out of the window to look down. And as I did so, I felt everything spinning. It was a split-second thing, but nonetheless made me feel unsettled. As I pulled my head out of the window and turned around, there were the keys on the dining room table, where they always were, right out in the open. My husband, ever so logical, contrarian, and skeptical, just had a quick laugh and said that they had likely been there the whole time, as if we both overlooked them like a mutually shared negative hallucination, which may be. However, the tenacity with which I combed that old apartment, the sheer focus and dedication to my search, and the absurdity of the window moment has me more convinced that there was something glitchy going on, like Schrodinger's keys. I jumped timelines in a car accident. So, this happened when I was fresh 18. I'm 24 now, 
and at the time I was living in Florida with my dad and stepmom. My now husband, boyfriend at the time, was in jail with no chance of getting out. The day of the accident, I had gotten into an argument with my dad, and he told me that I had to leave the house. So the plan was that I was going to go stay at my boyfriend's parents' house until I could get on my feet. I left my dad's house in Florida, and I started on my way to Georgia. I did have this feeling saying not to go, and the signs were always there, but I just ignored them. Like when I stopped at the gas station and left my keys in the car for two hours. Still, those two guys who got through the window for me, bless them. They were working, doing Uber, and they stopped to help. Anyways, I was traveling back roads from Florida to Georgia. I made it to Albany when a wave of anger and sadness hit me. Maybe I knew what was about to happen. I just could not stop crying. When I noticed I passed the first stop sign at a four-way, I told myself that I had to slow down. But by the time the next four-way came, I turned to look out the driver window and saw an 18-wheeler coming for me. Now, this is where things go absolutely wrong. I remember vividly seeing an 18-wheeler approach me, my vision cut probably from the shock, so I never felt the sensation of being hit. But when I woke up, I was over half a mile and spun out down the road, and someone was trying to give me water. The space between the driver's side door and the middle console was about an inch and a half. That's where I was sitting, so when the EMTs came, they had to pull me out of the passenger side door. It wasn't until I got on the stretcher that I felt everything, and I couldn't breathe. On the way to the hospital in Albany, I just remember saying, I can't breathe a thousand times. When I got to the hospital, they immediately put me in the SICU because I had a hole the size of a softball in my lung and the glass was sitting in it. My pelvis, tailbone, and entire left side of my ribcage was broken. I remember telling the nurse to call my mom, my dad, my in-laws. My mom lived in Louisiana at the time, but she drove from Louisiana to Georgia. That was all I heard before going to sleep in the SICU. The next cognitive memory that I have is waking up, and my mom being there. I had apparently slept for three days, and was still in the SICU. When I woke up, the doctor and the nurse came in and let me know that my lung had closed up miraculously overnight, seemingly, and that my fractures weren't too bad to heal from and that I was lucky to be alive. I asked about the glass in my lungs. The doctor didn't know what I was talking about. I asked about the broken ribs, pelvis, and tailbone, and he said they had always been fractures. I asked about the accident, and it wasn't an 18-wheeler. It was a Dodge Ram with a massive grill in the front. I was just in shock at this point. I spent 11 total days in the hospital, it was difficult to walk with the fractures, and I stayed with my mother for a month while I recovered. That is, until, somehow, my now husband was eligible for bond. I never asked questions, 
I moved in with him the same day that he was released, and we've been married ever since August of 2016. Minor things are different now and then. My mom doesn't remember a lot of what I did growing up, but my father, in this new reality, had a terminal illness. He'd gotten a plastic anemia, which very quickly turned into leukemia, and he died within seven months. That breaks me. It was extremely fast on set, and it makes me beg the question, was it a life for a life? I probably died, once if not twice, and to restore balance, a life had to be taken. I have a story that, I guess, is a glitch, but to me at the time, it was just a really strange and terrifying thing that happened. It happened way before I knew what a glitch in the Matrix was, and before anyone had ever thought of the term simulation theory, but looking at it now, the only thing that makes it make sense is that something happened like a glitch. For some obvious disclaimers, I am healthy, was healthy at the time, wasn't drunk or on drugs, and this is the only time something like this has ever happened. I never mentioned it to anyone else at the time, because it happened and that was it. Nothing ever came of it, or anything like that. When this happened, I was a freshman in high school, so that would have made me about 15, I think. And this would also put the story back in the early 80s. I was your normal high school student, maintaining good grades, attending all my classes, and all that irrelevant information. On the day that this happened, everything was what I would consider to be completely normal. There was nothing that happened during the day that would make me think that anything was off. I had gotten through most of the day, it was after lunch period, and I was walking in the hallway towards my next class. I had my backpack on my back, and I had one of my books in my arms. I was just walking through the crowds and trying to ignore all the noise around me, of which there was a lot. I think anyone that's walked through a full high school hallway can understand how that sounds, and while that may not sound important, it actually is. The hallways were loud, filled with the chatter of all the people that were heading to class, but that's where it got weird. As I turned the corner to go to my next class, my ears picked up on the fact that it was silent. Like it went from super loud to completely silent in the time it took me to step around the corner and into the next hallway. As I was walking around the corner, I was kind of looking down at the floor, not at where I was walking. So it wasn't like I could see the group of people just disappear, but it felt like the filled hallways quickly became empty. In this same moment, as I went to look up, I collided with something, or rather someone. I could tell it was a person that I ran into based on the collision. I fell to the ground and blinked, and when I went to stand up, I realized I wasn't in the hallway anymore. I was sitting on the floor of my living room. I know that that sounds weird, but I went from walking in the school hallway to my next class, to colliding with someone, and when I landed, I was on the floor in my house. I had actually collided with someone, 
it was actually my mother that I ran into. She asked if I was okay and helped me up, but as soon as she saw that I was okay, she started asking me what happened and how I didn't see her walking into the room. I just shook my head and told her that I wasn't paying attention. But the whole time that I was talking to her, my head was spinning trying to piece together how I was at home. She finished up her small lecture by telling me to pay more attention to what's in front of me and saying that I needed to go get dressed or else I would be late for school. Sure enough, I was still in my pajamas. And it was morning, based on the clock on the oven. I went to my room and got dressed and just kind of sat there like, what in the name of God just happened? How did I end up at home? And that was kind of it. I got ready for school and I left as normal. The lessons when I got to school weren't repeats, so it wasn't like I had repeated the day or anything like that. It was more like I went from mid-afternoon on one day to morning on the next in the time it took me to run into someone and fall down. I don't know how, I don't know why, and I kind of just took it to be what it was. It's one of those events that I have never forgotten, but I decided that I had to just accept that sometimes things happen that we honestly cannot explain. This is pretty lengthy, and I do apologize, but my second incident is pretty unique as far as I know. Also, I didn't include any names, so I just refer to my brother as Bro. The first incident I'm going to share happened around 2012 or 2013. I was sitting at my brother's house, with whom I no longer associate for reasons unrelated to the story, but I digress. I was with my then-sister-in-law, chatting and waiting for my bro to get home from work. About a half hour before the time he would normally get home, he pulls up in front of the house. They didn't have a driveway in front, so he parked in the road directly in front of the house. I was sitting opposite the big bay window they had in their front room, so I had a clear view of his car. Also, the windows on either side of the bay window were open as it was a nice day, so I heard him pull up as well. His car had a very distinct sound. At that time, they had a Pekingese dog, and every day, that dear soul would be so excited when Bro got home from work. He would start out by jumping up on the couch, which sat directly underneath the above-mentioned bay window, wagging his tail excitedly and giving the occasional happy yip that dogs do when their owners return home. The little dog jumped up and started his happy dance, indicating that my bro was home at the same time that I heard and saw him pull up. I said to my sister-in-law, Hmm, bro is home early. I then watched my brother open the car door, Then I saw and heard him close the car door and proceed to walk up the short path to their front door. Simultaneously, the dog jumped off the couch and ran to the door in anticipation. Well, we waited. And waited. And waited some more. He did not open the door to come in, so my sister-in-law got up and headed towards the door to see what the holdup was, because the poor little dog was going bonkers at this point. 
at that same time, I looked out the window and his car was gone. Now, if he had decided to get back in his car and drive off, we would have heard his car door, and the very distinct sound of his motor slash exhaust. He was just gone. She had opened the door at that point, and the dog was just as confused as we were. We sort of just looked at each other like, what the hell? So, fast forward to the time that he normally gets home, and the same scenario repeats. But this time, he does open the door and walks in. I then asked him, where did you go? He looks at me and says, uh, to work, where I go every day. He sort of half smiled at me like, you feeling okay, sis? Me and my sister-in-law then proceeded to relay what had happened, and he swears that he was still at work at four o'clock, the time the incident took place. I should mention that he normally got off work at 4.15. It is possible that my brother could have been playing a prank on us, but if that's the case, then why didn't my sister-in-law and I hear him getting back into the car, starting it up, and driving away? And why did the dog do his whole I'm glad you're home bit? We all experienced it on a very real level. Even the little dog reacted accordingly. Could it be that my bro somehow traveled forward in time? Or was it just a glitch in the Matrix? This second incident happened when I was very young. Like four or five, so forgive me if my memory is a little fuzzy but I'll do my best to explain it so you can understand. My family and I were visiting one of my sisters about two hours away from where we lived at that time. To give you some context, I'm the youngest of eight, so there's quite an age gap between the aforementioned sister and myself. She has two children, which were then aged either two or three and six or seven. All I remember is us kids playing outside and here's where my memory gets fuzzy. Something happened. I feel like somehow I got hurt. I don't really know, but my next memory is of my mom holding me under my arms, sort of in the air, shaking me and yelling my name. But here's the weird part. The memory I have is from the viewpoint of my mom. In the memory, I can see my four- or five-year-old self being held up in the air and shaken, but I can still feel the sensation of being shook. Years later, I asked my mom about it, thinking that she could fill in the gaps as to what happened prior and what happened directly following, because it had seriously weirded me out up until that point, and still kind of does. My mom had no memory of anything like that ever happening. And my mom was way overprotective of me, so she would have remembered something that serious. So, maybe my sugar-induced kid brain conjured up the whole scene, but I've recently started a spiritual journey. And yes, I feel that this is relevant to my story. Looking back on my life, in the process of doing my inner work and all of that, I realized that my life was the very opposite of what I wanted. I know, everybody feels that way, right? But listen, I've been through a lot of stuff. I am grateful, though. But my point is, 
Could I have somehow jumped timelines to a life most people would deem not worth living? And that's how my brain processed it? I must note that I feel that my life and all the hard times I've been through is shaping me to be a better person than I maybe would have been if I'd had it easy. I don't know for sure. But what I'm starting to believe, after listening to your stories and having my own experiences, is that anything is possible. I posted this on another subreddit, and it got some attention and brought up a lot of discussion. So, I was sent here. This took place about a year ago. I've had a weird one that stuck with me for a while. I don't really know how to make sense of it, but I honestly have accepted that I'm not going to be able to figure it out. It was a normal day at home, on my day off. I had just bought my house like three months ago, and was still getting used to it. I sat down on my sectional in my living room watching TV. I had just made some clam chowder, literally my favorite, and I had set it in front of me while I put on South Park since it's my comfort show, and this was probably around noon. It was bright out, and the house was lit up through the blinds. This is where I get goosebumps. I cannot, for the life of me, remember what happened next. It was 7.42pm. It was like a snap of someone's fingers and the world moved on without me. South Park was still on, definitely not near the episode that I started on, which was the episode about Yelpers, and my food was still untouched where I left it. I just wasn't sitting up anymore. I was laying on the couch in front of my fireplace. I never lay there. I usually use it to sit and tie my shoes before I head out. I can't really explain the feeling, but I would say that there was an immense raw sense of fear that came over me, because I couldn't figure out where the time went or what happened. There were no pieces to put together. Besides that, I just felt kind of sick, and out of body, which I kind of attributed to how worked up I got. It never happened to me before, has not happened since, there's no history of anything like that in the family. I'm truly at a loss for one. To make myself feel better, I just reheated the clam chowder and ate it, though. Some answers to things that were asked. I installed a carbon monoxide detector shortly after I bought the house, so it wasn't that. When I woke up, besides the general feeling I had, there were marks on my foot like it was tied up in a wire thread. But the marks didn't last to the next day. There is no history of epilepsy or blackouts in my family. After this, I experienced shivers in my spine. Not painful, but at random times it felt like the center of my spine would get cold. Hence, it would shoot up and down the length of my back. It would give my whole body goosebumps. And this still happens to me now, but nowhere near as often as when this happened. I had missed calls and texts but I didn't text or call anyone while I was missing. That couch is super uncomfortable. I hate it. It's just to put things on. I have an awesome sectional that I can't get enough of. No idea why I would randomly wake up on the couch. 
I would never do it to begin with, and I wouldn't even let a puppy sleep on it. And also, feel free to ask anything else. In 1992, I was in my early 20s and had bought a 1986 Camaro. Now, my Camaro was really beat up. It had rust and dents as well as peeling paint. In other words, it was quite unique. None of the hubcaps matched, nor did the tires. I mention these details because it's important to my true story. I was driving to my dad's home on a two-lane highway when I looked over and a person that looked like me, with my exact car, was driving in the opposite direction. That day, I had my daughter in the back seat, and that mirror image of me and my car also had an exact copy of my kid looking out the back seat window. I felt a cold chill run through my body when I saw that thing that, for all intents and purposes, was me. I'm 51 today, and this incident has never left my memory. I swear on my life that it was me driving back from my father's home. I've had other glitches happen in my life, but this one really scared me. This happened a few months back, and we are still weirded out. It just makes zero sense, unless it glitched. I'm pretty habitual when it comes to my shoes. I hate wearing them, and if walking around barefoot wasn't so gross and dangerous, I would do it every chance I got. They're the first thing to get yanked off when I walk in, besides my bra. I'll plop down in my recliner and kick my shoes off directly under our coffee table every single time. I did this like I always do a while back after running to the gas station late one night a couple of months ago. I kicked off my only blue pair of sneakers right there under that table. One shoe lands flat on the floor, right side up, while the other tipped on its side and was touching the table leg. Not long after that, it was bedtime. We got up the next morning and discussed what we would be doing that day and yard work was at the top of our list. I got up from my chair and took note that both of my shoes were right where I left them the previous night, and that I would use them while mowing. I went in my room, changed clothes, and then walked straight back out into the living room and plopped back down in my chair. There was only one shoe sitting there, though. The one that landed right side up is only there. Hmm. Odd. I go ahead and slip it on. So, I then immediately get down on all fours and look under the couch. It reclines so my shoes get shut up under there sometimes. No dice. I stood back up and walked around the back side of the couch. Nada. I try looking under the opposite end of the couch where my husband always sits. Nothing there either. I'm starting to get frustrated because my husband is dressed and headed outside, but I'm not ready. He noticed me getting flustered and asked what's up. It's my damn shoes. I kicked them off right here last night and even noticed them before I changed a minute ago, but one's missing now? He cocks his head. Yeah, you're right. 
I just walked right by them myself not five minutes ago. I know they were both there. But did you, uh, check under your... I squint. Yes, of course, I checked under the couch. I've looked all around and underneath. He now looks as perplexed as I feel, so I know that we're on the same page. He walks over and just lifts my end of the couch straight up. I again get down on the floor like an animal and confirm there's not a damn thing under there except a lot of dust. So, we flip not just the entire living room, but the entire house over. It's a tiny cottage, so it doesn't take long, and we still both came up empty-handed. I'm starting to get super upset because I've always struggled with short-term memory, so little hiccups like this are pretty infuriating. I get pissed at myself, and when that happens, I have to fight back tears, and at this point, that's exactly where I am. We both walk into the living room, and are still talking about how damn strange that it's just magically poof gone, and that's when we both instinctually look down at the very spot where I started. And there it was. It's sitting exactly how it was earlier, on its side, and touching the table leg. We stood there for a long minute before I let out a, there is no freaking way. My husband's face scrunched up. I mean, you got down there many times. You were literally just there. You would have been sitting directly on top of it. What the hell? So, I put my weird shoe on and stared at it for a few seconds. I mean, it just glitched, I guess. This actually happened, and everyone around me thinks that I'm making it up, or I'm just not remembering it right. It's difficult to explain and give a mental picture of the situation, but I'll do my best. Every Monday, I have an hour lunch break where I drive a mile down the main road to a plaza with a McDonald's. It's important to note that my place of employment is also on this main road, sitting on the corner of it, and a dead-end residential road. There's also a church across from my workplace on this residential road. I was eating my lunch in the parking lot of the plaza like I do every Monday. There is only one exit back to the main road, via a stoplight, that you get to with a right turn from a straightaway that splits the parking lot from right and left. I was coming perpendicular to the straightaway from a parking aisle when a car pulls up, on the straightaway. She stopped at the stop sign before making a right to exit. This put my car facing hers, sitting perpendicular. She didn't move for a few minutes, just staring at me with dark and cold eyes. I didn't see her blink once. I gestured multiple times to make the turn so that I could leave. She put both of her thumbs to her ears, stuck out her tongue, and did the na 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 face. She finally looks away and makes a right into the exit lane. Now that I'm free to turn to the stop sign and turn into the exit, I end up right behind her car at the exit which had a red light. When the light turned green, she and I both made a right onto the main road going towards my place of employment. She passed the side street where my building sits while I turned left onto the street. I made a quick three-point turn to parallel park in front of the church, now on my right, 
facing the main road that I turn off of. I was getting my belongings together when I got an eerie feeling that I was being watched. I looked out my driver's side window when I saw her car lined up with mine, giving me that na-na-na-na-na face. She then drove off and turned back onto the main road, leaving me there stunned, confused, and honestly kind of scared. There is no other way she could have gotten onto that road, facing the direction that she was going, in the amount of time that she had, without me seeing or coming into contact while I was parking. No explanation, just a weird and eerie, unexplainable thing. I have an ongoing saying that I fear nothing because I'm raising a teenager. This is mainly true except for maybe being invisible to them for no explainable reason, and that brings me to the glitch that four of us experienced one breezy full moon night in the deep south. I've submitted a story before about living in a constant glitch. I guess the Matrix people decided that that wasn't enough and wanted to amp things up a bit. My son had a friend over for the weekend, and after raiding the fridge, the two teenagers tackled a video game and, of course, blasted their music while laughing and talking about things that teens talk about these days. During this time, my fiancé and I binged watch our favorite shows for a while, and then decided to go out on the front deck for some fresh air. We were out there for about 20 minutes, and just enjoying each other's company, when my son and his friends swung the front door open. They both looked panicked and confused, and I asked them if everything was okay. My son replied with, Mom, where were you? And I told him, We've been right here, outside. And he replied, Um, when did you come outside? I told him that we had been outside for almost 20 minutes or so. My son looked like he was going to faint. He looked over at his friend, and his friend was noticeably speechless. His friend managed to utter the words, But we were just... My son finished his sentence. Mom, we were just out here looking for you, and no one was out here. I instantly got chills up my spine. The look in my son's eye told me that he was not kidding. His friend chimed in, saying, That is so weird, bro. My fiancé and I just stared at each other, knowing that we had not seen anyone outside, nor did we hear anyone for the last half hour. To this day, I cannot explain what happened. Either my son and his friends were invisible, or my fiancé and I were invisible. Or, the Matrix enjoys giving me constant anxiety with these glitches. None of us talked about what happened after that night, but I do think about it quite often. There are so many things that have unexplainably happened to so many people. They can't all be coincidences or exaggeration. There was no way that we could have exaggerated that experience. We were genuinely invisible that night, somewhere in a different time dimension, I guess. But what do you all think? My story happened when I was around 16 years old. I'm 32 now. It was a long time ago, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. 
One day, early in the morning, before getting up for school, I wake up to a loud sound from a horse. I don't know how to say it in English, but you know the sound that horses do. It was very loud and close, loud enough to wake me up. Since it was the first time that I was hearing it, I didn't think too much of it, and thought maybe I was just dreaming. Then, during the course of the day when I was at school in the middle of class, I heard it again. And since I live in a city and it's not common to hear horses, this time I thought it was strange, but I still didn't give a second thought to it. The next morning, I wake up again to the same horse noise. This time I asked my mom, and my sister, if they also woke up to this annoying horse sound, and they both looked at me as if they didn't know what I was talking about, and they laughed it off. So, I thought, maybe they were sleeping soundly and just didn't hear it. Like the day before, I get to school and there is the same sound. But this time I hear it several times during the day. I start to think, this isn't normal, so I ask my friends, not knowing at this point that I was the only one hearing it, what the hell all the horse sounds were all day. Was there some kind of event going on that I didn't know about? And, just like my sister and mother, they look at me like, what are you talking about? What horse sounds? And I ask, you guys don't hear it? I started to freak out a little. And once I got home, I talked to my mother and tell her that I've been hearing horse sounds all day, but I think it was just me. And she says, what do you mean it's just you? I say, well, you and my sister didn't hear it this morning, and also my friends don't hear it at school despite it being so loud and clear. I'm starting to get scared that I'm going crazy. Am I just starting to hear voices in my head? Tears start coming down my face as I'm panicking and in fear that I am going crazy. My mother hugs and reassures me that I'm not crazy and tells me to tell her the next time I hear it. It didn't take too long for me to hear it again, so I run to my mom screaming, Now, mom, I heard it just now. Did you hear it too? My mom didn't want to scare me, so she said yes that she had also heard it. But my mother is not a good liar, and as soon as I saw her face, I knew that she was lying. She started to get worried but didn't want to scare me, but I could see it on her face. She didn't know what to do or say, and all I could see was that worry. This went on for almost a week, and every time I heard the sound, I would start crying and cover my ears in a panic. And then, after a week, it stopped. Just like that. Sixteen years later, and I've never heard it again. I had never heard it before this incident, and I haven't heard it after. So, to this day... I don't know what it was, and I actually feel uneasy every time I hear or see a horse. Sorry for the big stupid lead up, but I promise it's relevant. I work at a distribution center slash packing plant for an advertising company. Basically, it means that I stand at a table and pack boxes full of paper all day. 
printing the shipping labels and stuff like that. It's a decent job, and I like my coworkers, so it's not really as boring as it sounds. The warehouse is about 2,000 feet square, and is more or less a giant cinder block rectangle. There are very few windows. There's an office-type area along the eastern side. It contains the break room, the unisex bathroom, and a cubicle for our IT guy, but nothing else. And the stacks where we park the forklift and pallet jacks are on the west side. The stacks are all either short enough to see over, or empty enough to see through. The rest of the warehouse floor is visible open space with the receiving bay, garage where the FedEx trucks come in, on the north end, and my station on the south end. I have five co-workers. I'll call them Mary, Josh, Matt, Alex, and Joe. Mary works at the station next to me, building the kits and packing the boxes. Josh and Matt work in the stacks, scanning out the materials for Mary and I to pack, and Alex is the aforementioned IT guy. Joe's the floor manager and my direct boss. One of the perks of my job is that since the work is kind of mindless and nobody really talks to me, they're all older than me by a significant amount, I get to listen to music while I work. I have kind of irritating and loud taste, so I wear a pair of earbuds to listen. Also because Joe keeps sports talk radio on all day on the floor, but whatever. A couple of weeks ago, I was at my station, standing, facing south. I was pre-building some boxes for a packing order we were going to have coming in later that week, so I had my music up a little louder than usual to cover up the sound of the tape gun. I could see Mary out of the corner of my eye working on something at the next station, and whenever I lifted my head, I could see both Josh and Matt in the stacks with their scanner guns and carts. Alex was in his office, as far as I knew, and I couldn't see Joe. I built another stack of ten or so boxes, took me maybe six or seven minutes, before leaving to use the bathroom. I went into the little office space and noticed that Alex wasn't there, but wasn't really focused on it. I entered the bathroom, did my thing, and left. When I got out of the bathroom, Alex was still gone. Didn't think much of it. I knew he couldn't be in the bathroom since I would have seen him come in, but I guess I assumed he had gone out onto the floor to ask some questions or something. The office space where the bathroom is is so small that you can see all of it from the entrance, so he couldn't have been in there without me seeing. I walked out of the office back to my station and picked up my stuff to get back to work when I noticed that Mary was also gone, along with her water bottle and the roll of label stickers that she had been using. I looked around towards the stacks for Matt and Josh, they're both over six feet tall and incredibly easily visible normally, but I couldn't see them or their carts. I took off my earbuds, and I noticed that the warehouse was completely silent. No delivery trucks idling in the receiving bay, no rumble of cartwheels or footsteps in the concrete. Even my boss's radio was turned off. I left my station and walked across the floor. The motion-activated lights turned back on as I went, trying to look closer into the stacks to see if they were just out of view, but like I said, the warehouse isn't that big, and 
they just weren't there. I never saw Mary, Alex, or Joe either, nor any of their stuff. The scanner guns or carts or label stickers, it was like I had just imagined them all being at work today. I left the stacks and checked out the receiving bay. Nothing. And none of the garage doors were open. Break room? Also nothing. It was around 3pm, everyone eats at around noon and we all clock out at 4, so they hadn't all somehow gone to lunch without me noticing. By this point, I had done a complete loop of the entire warehouse, outright calling out for people as I went, and all of my coworkers just seemed to have fallen off the face of the earth. Obviously I was creeped out, but I'd have been leaving in less than an hour anyways, so I just kind of got back to work. I put my music back on and went back to building boxes. I turned my music up loud just to have the noise. It felt like the sound of my tape gun was the only thing on the planet. I kept my eyes on my watch and eventually, after around 25 minutes, I finally noticed movement in the corner of my eye, and I looked up to see Mary at her station, working on her label stickers like she had never left. I turned to face the stacks, and I saw Matt and Josh with their carts, right where they were before I had gone into the office. Nobody looked like they had spent the last half hour working, but they also didn't look like they had actually gone anywhere either. I didn't say anything about it, just spent the last dregs of my shift with a weird feeling at the back of my neck. Eventually, four o'clock rolled around and I clocked out and left. I told all this to my stepdad on the way home. He works at the corporate office of the ad agency that owns my warehouse, a couple of streets down, and he said he couldn't think of any reason for anyone to just up and leave like that. It hasn't happened since, at work or otherwise. I do keep my music volume a little lower while I work now, though. I can't help but wonder if something happened, and I just couldn't hear it. I have two different glitch stories that happened about 10 years apart. The tree glitch. The first event happened before I ever knew what a glitch in the Matrix was. Before moving into our first home, my then-husband and I had taken a ton of pictures of the house and property to show our family. The house was a simple single story. It had a huge pecan tree towering over the roof. We soon bought the house, and the pictures were then forgotten to time, stored on the hard drive of a clunky, ancient laptop. We had been living in the house for about four years when I went searching through that same laptop. I don't remember what I was looking for, but I came across those pictures. So, indulging my ADD, I started clicking through them and enjoying the nostalgia when one picture made me stop and stare in confusion. It was just a simple front view of the house, but something was wrong. I stared and concentrated, but I just could not figure out what was off about the image. It took me longer than I'd like to admit to notice the glitch, but when I did, I felt like all of the air had been squeezed out of my lungs. The huge pecan tree in the backyard was gone. Just 
gone. The tree had to be over 40 years old and was there before the house. They had built the house to accommodate this tree, so it could easily be seen over the roof from the front of the house. But in the picture, it was just gone. Like it had been photoshopped out, just poof, gone. I know that I keep repeating myself, but I was just so shocked. All the other photos had the tree included. It was only the one photo that was missing the tree. I showed my ex and our friends, and they just shrugged and said the equivalent of an unenthused, hmm, that's weird. I tried to express that this was beyond weird. It shouldn't be possible. But they all played it off like it was nothing out of the ordinary. Frustrated, I just gave up and tried to put it out of my head and went on with life. Still, it's always been in the back of my mind as an unsettling experience, and I really do wish I would have kept that laptop. And the alien ball story. The second glitch happened just two years ago. Both of my boys were preteens at the time, and we were on a family vacation with my parents in Roswell, New Mexico. My parents had their hotel room, and my sons and I shared a separate one. The rooms were small and sparse, but clean, and the price couldn't be beat. So, we had no complaints. This was our last day in Roswell, and we were packed up and ready to head to our next destination. Earlier in the week, my youngest had bought a ball from a souvenir shop. It was a bright, fluorescent green, plum-sized bouncy ball with the classic gray alien face on it. My boys were each sitting on a bed, tossing the ball back and forth between them, just waiting to leave. I left the room to see if my parents needed help with any of their packing, and they said they were finished, so I turned right back around and went back into my hotel room. That little trip took maybe 30 seconds, but I walked back into chaos. My oldest son was laughing so hard that he was almost crying, and my youngest, while also laughing, was rolling on the floor holding his ankle and swearing, cussing out his older brother and flipping him off for good measures. Desperately trying to maintain a straight face, I asked what had happened. Apparently in the 30 seconds that I was gone, their game of gently tossing the ball had turned into competitive dodgeball. My eldest son had gotten in a lucky throw, and it had hit his little brother directly on his ankle bone and brought him down like a sack of potatoes. Once the boys had stopped laughing, I said that it was time to load up the car, so they began looking for the ball. I put their suitcases by the door and was doing a final sweep of the room when I turned to see why they hadn't picked up their bags. They were still looking for the ball. I joined in because surely it had only rolled under something and they were just haphazardly looking. Except, gradually, the search became more and more ridiculously thorough. It went from looking anywhere the ball may have naturally rolled to, to checking the closed bathroom and peeking behind furniture. That morphed into me stripping the beds and shaking everything out. I even checked outside, fully knowing that the timing would have been off for me to have opened the door at the exact moment for it to roll out. At this point, we were all grumbling about how the Matrix took it. My kids know that I like listening to glitch stories, and occasionally listen with me. 
I'm a trusting mom, but also cynical. So, I made them turn out their pockets to make sure that they were not pranking me. Nope. So, back to searching. When I say that we thoroughly searched, I mean it. There was no panic or rush, only determination to not be outmaneuvered by this... strangeness. We weren't just throwing things around willy-nilly. First, I would look at an area, then one son would come check the same area, and then my other son would come check the same area. I didn't care who found it, just that it was found. Because I felt... mocked. Since the disappearing tree incident still lived in my head, I was determined to solve this. We lifted the mattresses, removed the nightstand drawers, and then completely moved the beds, nightstand, dresser, fridge. We looked under and behind everything, checked every square inch of that room in the adjoining bathroom. I even opened the fridge and freezer and checked behind the hanging TV. The suitcases were zipped up and ready to go when the ball vanished, but I still unpacked, shook out, and then repacked everything. For some weird reason, I felt personally offended over a $5 ball. I was determined that we were not leaving the hotel until that damn alien ball was found. But eventually, we had to. There was just nowhere else to look. The Matrix won. I bought a 12-pack of that exact ball for my son for Christmas that year, so there are no problems finding one now. On the night of December 21st, I was in the basement watching a movie when my dad's phone started blowing up with calls. He was asleep, so I went up to see what was going on. It was my brother, and he had called multiple times. He had also called me multiple times, but my phone was on silent because of the movie, and because my fantasy hockey team's chat was super active and getting annoying. I called him back, and he said that he had been in an accident, and that he thought he was going to get a DUI. He was coming home from out of state, and I'm still not sure of the details. I guess that he had pulled off into a truck stop and police saw him not go through the wait station, so they stopped him. And at some point, he accidentally backed into a big rig. Nothing happened with actually backing up into the truck, just minor damage on his end, but he refused the field test and opted for a blood test, which he got, and he also got to spend a night and a half a day in jail. That is all really irrelevant and personal, so I'll spare the other details. Anyways, a week later, my dad gets a call from a random number. The person on the other end says, Dad, I was in an accident. He said it sounded just like him. After some frantic calling, which he never picked up, we finally got a hold of his friend who knew where he would be working construction that day. My dad and my other brother decided to drive out there to see if they could find any sign of him in his truck. Remember, his previous accident is still fresh in everyone's head, so everyone was in a state of panic. They finally get to the job site and see him there. He has no idea what they're talking about when they tell him that they got a call from him saying he was just in an accident, 
He had not been in an accident, and had just been working all that morning. We were all baffled by what happened. Who called my dad's phone? The number just disconnects when called, but it's associated with the local mortgage company? Was it someone playing a prank? Was someone else actually in an incident and dialed the wrong number? Why did it sound like my brother? And why a week after all of that? We all find this extremely disturbing with the timings, so I guess that's my glitch. I'm not sure what to make of it, but I find myself entertaining the idea that it was a call from a different timeline or something. Also, I wasn't sure about adding this, but maybe this will just add to the strangeness. Seven years ago to the week, I saw a major car accident from a police chase, and then two years after that, which would be that same December week, I got into an accident with someone that same brother knew. It ended amicably, but the girl I hit said, these things always seem to happen during the holidays, because she had also been in an accident around that same exact time a year or so prior. Maybe this is all a bunch of coincidences, but I feel like that's a few too many. This happened about eight years ago, and I still cannot explain it. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before or since. To put things in perspective, I was living alone in a three-and-a-half condo at the time, and I like to keep things in order. I rarely lose things because everything has its place. But here's what happened. I returned home very late one night from work, around midnight. I had my glasses on all day at work and was certainly wearing them on my drive home. The next day, I left my glasses at home because I went to the gym and wore my contacts. I also took a taxi somewhere during the afternoon, and then spent the rest of the night at home. Then, the following morning, I woke up, took a shower, and I went to the kitchen to get my glasses. I'm not that much into fashion, so I only have one black purse, and I always used to put it on a small wooden bench in the kitchen. This purse is where my glasses case usually was, but that morning I could not find it. So, I began to look for my glasses everywhere. I flipped my purse upside down and went around every corner of the apartment. I called my work to ask if they were there, even though it was impossible since I came back from work with my car and I need my glasses to drive. I knew that I left them at home the day after work, but I checked with the taxi company anyways, and even went back to the gym to be sure. Those were $300 glasses. I did not want to lose them. So, after two weeks of wearing contacts and searching for my glasses, I came to the sad conclusion that I, somehow, had lost them. I took an appointment to get a new pair since I really liked my old frame. I took the same model, but a slightly different color cost me another $300. About six months later, one evening I go to the kitchen to get something and I see my glasses case on top of everything in my purse. I still don't know why I took a look in my purse at that moment 
but a weird feeling came to me. I even thought that case looked very familiar. I couldn't understand why it was there. I took it, sat down, and I opened it, and there they were. My old pair of glasses with the little cleaning tissue, just like they never moved. I sat there for a few minutes, looking at them, completely confused. As I mentioned, I lived alone at the time and nobody came to my apartment between the time I came home from work and the morning that my glasses disappeared. And anyway, I don't see why someone would pull a joke like that. I ended up selling my new frames to a friend, and I wore my old ones because I preferred the color. Eight years later, and this still freaks me out, I have no clue where my glasses went for a whole six months. Maybe it was a glitch in the Matrix. I was told to post this here, so I hope it's interesting. This happened many, many years ago, but I've been telling the story ever since, and I thought it would be fun to share and hear what people think really happened. So, let's start the story. I was visiting stores with a dear friend of mine on a weekend. We hadn't seen each other in quite some time. We didn't go to the same school. We were on our last year, 17 and 18. So we were very loudly catching up and just talking non-stop. Mind you, we used to go to the store all the time. We knew the way by heart, and we could do it without paying much attention. We left the store, walked to the subway, entered the subway, paid for our ride, walked to where our train would stop because it's a two-way train, north and south, and we needed to take the one going south. Again, we knew the way by heart since almost every weekend we would go to the store. The train arrives, we take the train, and we were still very into our conversation, but there was a combination slash interchange, and they always announce it on the speaker. The interchange was three stations before we had to get off. We didn't even need to change. We hear the announcements, we keep chatting because it was fun. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but it's not really relevant. The next thing we hear is the announcement of the same station that we took the train from. Just call it Station B. So, Station B doesn't have an announcement because it's not an interchange. We're surprised because everyone is not reacting. We're at the same station that we took the train from, but we did hear Station Interchange and we did move several stops. Before the doors close, we get off, speechless. All the loud conversation had died. We looked at each other, and we were in the exact same spot that we took the train about 20 minutes ago. Maybe less. It was a short way. Without any word, we changed from south to north. We took another train and saw every name from every station until we reached our destination. We got down, and we don't know what happened. What is curious is that they never said anything on the speakers. We have many trains in my city, so you can't just move the direction of a train or a collision would happen in minutes. You would have to change the direction of the entire city, not really possible, and no one else in the train seemed to be affected by the situation. 
Nobody else was like, whoa, what happened? The train is going backwards or anything. To this day, I don't know what it was. We were also not on any substances or alcohol. It was the middle of the day, very sunny and everything. Also, I wasn't alone, and my friend also remembers when this happened to us. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.